Welcome to Ormwood Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and to our podcast where we share our Sunday sermons for those in Ormwood Park, Atlanta, and beyond. Our mission is to welcome everyone to explore the living God in all of our neighborhoods, and we value welcoming others, opening our minds, being of service, and participating in whatever ways God calls us. We hope you learn, grow, and find a place to belong with us. Welcome to Lent. Um, Lent is the 40 days that are leading up to Easter, um, and it's six Sundays that kind of prepare us for Holy Week. And it's a season of reflection and preparation. Um, And it starts with Ash Wednesday, and you can go back and listen to the Ash Wednesday sermon if you'd like. It's a little short one. Um, But as we read through the Gospels this winter, we talked about the good news of Jesus. Um, That's what gospel means, right? Good news. And this good news often involved living in or living into something called the Commonwealth of God. Um, Hopefully you snagged a viewing of the video this last week on YouTube where I explained kind of our pivot from kingdom of God language to commonwealth of God language. Um, If not, give give it a little watch. But much of the good news of Jesus was about the good news that we are all invited into the commonwealth of God, both in this life and in our lives to come. But what exactly is it? And as Jesus does for most things, he kind of talks sideways, or if you like Dickinson, slant um, about the commonwealth of God. And he's often doing this using parables and stories instead of direct definitions. But we do have enough to go on um, to say this much. The commonwealth of God is this experience and this community where the power and the presence of God comes near to us. Theologian Catherine Keller tells us it's it's a world, it's a place, it's an existence where God's will is done and God's purposes are fulfilled in our communities, in our lives. And these things together kind of foreshadow God's community until it's actualized here and now. It's one of those like almost and already type of deals that Jesus offers, which are, you know, these paradox we have to live with. But the Greek term um, for what you would normally say is kingdom, but we're going to pivot to commonwealth, is basileia, the basileia of God. And it's this empire or community or um, the politics of God. And Jesus goes around pointing out instances of it, like creating spaces for it, and then drawing people's attention to the places for potential for the commonwealth of God in their own lives. So there's this ongoing fight that's um, set up by an unhelpful binary, as almost all binaries are unhelpful. And it this binary demands that we know whether God creates the commonwealth and we're simply recipients of it or whether it all depends on us. And we have to behave perfectly in order to have God's kind of perfection be manifest. So those are like the two sides. It's either all God or it's all on us. And you can see the tension. It gets oversimplified, of course, in what I'm about to say, but you can see it in some of those historical fights, like Protestants claiming that you do no works to make anything righteous. Only God makes things right, and only God creates the commonwealth. Um, We're just clingers on. And that's maybe in more contrast to the Catholic push, where it's participate in your own salvation, you know, do spiritual practices, ask for forgiveness, do these things to get closer to God, to make the commonwealth of God manifest, get your ducks in order, or confess when you don't. Again, that is such an oversimplified binary. I apologize, but you get the gist. Um, Another like kind of less well-known conflict in this similar binary is whether to include the book of James in the New Testament or not. 
James has this famous line, faith without works is dead. Now, this is shocking to some Christians, Protestants especially, who think it means that, oh my gosh, we earn our salvation and we earn our place in the commonwealth of God. But there are others who understand it that, yeah, when your faith is alive and active, you can tell because of its fruits of love. And at one point, Martin Luther, famous Reformation guy, said, I almost feel like throwing Jimmy into the stove. But the tension's there. Does God produce the good things in the world exclusively and we just kind of thrive in them? Or do we also participate and bring about the commonwealth? Again, not shocking, but the binary doesn't work and it's not helpful. Um, and it turns out the commonwealth of God is much more dynamic. And like everything else God seems to make, it depends on and is even fueled by relationship, not isolation. The back and forth of connection, not um, say the top down of a kingdom. So let's turn to our parable for this morning in our series, this first sermon in the commonwealth of God. And we're starting with Mark chapter four, verses 26 through 29. So uh, listen now for the kingdom of God. The commonwealth of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with a sickle and because the harvest has come. This parable challenges the binary. So let's look closer. Someone is scattering the seed and it's not God because this someone almost has like a Homer Simpson, I don't know exactly what's going on here vibe, right? Planting the seeds, but then like goes to bed. And I think that you and you and you and you and all you listeners were the active seed sowers. We toss stuff out there, the love of God. And it's marked, so there's really like zero elaboration on what these seeds are. Remember, he's the gospel writer that really has the fewest words and descriptions. Um, but I think we can take some good guesses based on the fact that we just read through Mark. So planting seeds of justice, love, hope, other fruits of the spirit, maybe extending an invitation for a lonely neighbor or sharing resources with someone in need or challenging an unjust work practice. Seed planting, seed planting. But then guess what happens in the parable? And probably in your life, you go about your life, sleeping and waking, probably eating and maybe watering real and theoretical seeds, perhaps taking your kids to school or getting a project done at work. And then, bam, the earth, the world, produces of itself the stock, the head, the grain of the commonwealth of God. You look around and you catch glimpses of the commonwealth around you in bloom, maybe looped into what you planted, maybe, like your lonely neighbor's health improves or someone in need has a need met or a workplace policy gets an update. The seed planted has germinated and grown and now has a harvest. And maybe you held its hand step by step, but often we don't. Often we can't. Like the sower in the parable, we don't know just exactly how change happens. It just does. And then at the end of the parable, you lean in and harvest it. You share, you create bread with it. Maybe to celebrate, maybe to do even more planting. This is how the commonwealth of God works. But I wonder if you notice the same thing I noticed. Where is God in the parable? God is not mentioned. The parable says that the earth produces of itself and the seed grows. 
I think that this is actually the most exciting part of the parable because I think it changes our, our, our worldview on it. Jesus is not claiming that the commonwealth of God is some extraterrestrial or otherworldly phenomenon dropped in on us from like some transcendent stranger. The world has the capacity in itself to produce the commonwealth of God because it was made by God to do just that. It's already infused with God's possibilities. God's love already permeates it. The potential is there. The potential is here. It's not in spite of us, but because of us and because of the earth we live on and the world God created, the commonwealth of God creates a harvest of God's goodness. We may not always know how it works or be directly involved in everything. That's exhausting. We're not God. We may not know it all or even be perfect at it. Let's not forget last week's death and resurrection um, versus perfection sermon. (laughs) But God's reign is made manifest in relationship with us and the world because God and us and the world we live in are all intermingling together. It's dynamic. It's not this fossil we chip away at. It's a commonwealth of people and creation and God all in relationship. It's not a slot machine or a kingship or a distribution center. This is where thinking of God in terms of the Trinity is actually really helpful because then it reminds us that God's very essence is community right? It's not this top-down thing. It's the interaction of the creator, the son, the Holy Spirit. At God's, in God's very nature is this movement and this relationality that then sets the stage for how God's relationship with and among us works as a commonwealth together. God's very nature of interdependence invites us to understand this dance in Mark 4 between the sower and the seed and the world and God. It's something we wake up to every day to both plant the seeds and to witness God's always bigger and more amazing together harvest that we did not individually set in motion. The binaries of is it God's job or is it our job? They just don't work in this world. So the next six weeks, (laughs) we're going to explore what these seeds and this harvest look like. We're going to explore the commonwealth of God. How can we plant these seeds, enjoy them, offer them to the world as both a balm, but also a challenge? How we live in God's world now, it's a gift and how it's like a book of James. Our faith comes alive when we act in love and we make it even more manifest. So we're going to do this in a couple of ways. There are packets, um, fiscal packets at church or packets that went out with the newsletter um, that you can use. And they have four practices for each week in them to practice kind of growing and living in and understanding the commonwealth of God. And the first practice is the daily practice. So this is one you could do every day. And it's a finger labyrinth um, to help you kind of settle into thinking about the commonwealth of God and how it interacts with your own life. So to walk or trace a labyrinth, you usually have this conversation with God on the way in. You pause at the center, listen, rest, and then spend some time integrating what you learned on the way out. So there's more info in the packet, which has a little generic finger labyrinth. But um, if you are walking into this building, there are 20 limited Jesse Turton homemade, handmade labyrinths at the back if you want to grab one of those. There's also each week's scripture or sermon scripture, and then there's some food for thought questions to go along with that. 
There's a Kate Bowler blessing to read and pray as often as you'd like each week, and they loop in with that scripture passage. And then finally, there's a practical activity to integrate into your week based on the scripture. There's also bonus practice if you're really feeling into the Commonwealth Harvest. Now, like I said, there are digital packets in your inbox, um, but you can also pick them up physically at the church. We also, the other thing we are offering are these porch groups that are meeting on Tuesday and Thursday. So they're going to discuss the week's scripture passage, um, kind of catch up with each other, pray for each other. And if you want to, if you want to start one of those, no worries, just email Janelle. Um, and then of course, there's always Sunday mornings together where we're going to explore and the kids in Sunday school, we're all going to explore together the Commonwealth of God. So this Lent, we're going to dive deep into the Commonwealth of God so much so I'm kind of already tired of hearing those words come out of my mouth. Uh, but we're going to dive deep in it, hopefully, um, so that we can wake up amazed and empowered by the fact that we're already in it. God is already moving. God has already created this world to do God's goodness. And we do not have to behave in a certain way or die or go to heaven to be surrounded by this dynamic striving and care of a God who created this world to produce a harvest of love. Even now, even here. Amen. <laughs>